Right. Welcome in. Welcome back, folks. I'm still in a good mood after this USC win. I, I'm. It what a beautiful way to go into the bye. Welcome in. Welcome back, everybody. To a what did we learn about Notre Dame football through the first portion of the season, which has been a roller coaster addition to the always Irish show. As always, you can find the program on YouTube. Do it. Subscribe if you haven't yet. Give the video a thumbs up. That also Johnny Boy out as well. Notifications that way you alerted every time a new episode drops. You don't want to miss it. Twitter, search bar, always Irish rat. Always Irish Inc. Emails, always Irish Andy at gmail.com. Audio only anywhere you want it. You can get it. The Cowlin lines have been popping this year, baby. 312-988-15. Dial it up and tell Johnny all you've heard and seen. Instagram, Facebook, Always Irish Inc., USA Today, Fighting Irish Wire. Read all about it. Read all about it. Also, Patreon, it's here. Me and Mike Goolsby together, uh, we're doing this. And so it is live. Here it is. It is patreon.com slash always Irish. This venture is me and Mike Goolsby uh, exclusively. It is behind a paywall. It is extra content. It's not in lieu of anything else. It's an addition of it. Stuff you're not going to get on either one of our YouTube shows public. Okay, so it's live. We're going to have stuff all the time, every week, year round, all that stuff. We're giving it to you behind the scenes stuff. You cannot get anywhere else. Listen, you guys. We tried to be really conscientious of the pricing and how we're going to do all this. It ends up being five bucks a week. That's two fifty a week for Mike, two fifty a week for me. On the amount of effort and hours and prep we're going to put into this stuff, that's about as fair as we could make it to make it worth me and his extra time to do this all behind a paywall and all the extra stuff. So um, we don't want to make it tough on anybody, but we got to make it worth it for our time as well. Five bucks a week, two fifty each. For me, two fifty for him. That's less than a coffee a week uh, to be able to get the most outspoken Notre Dame media guy and the most outspoken uh, player as well. So, if you want to check it out, we really appreciate the support. Uh, we want to give you guys as much content as we can. Thank you for everybody who said they enjoyed me and him being together and on the episode I put out. It's a beautiful thing, man. Him and I are cut from the same cloth, and this was just meant to be. So hop over there and support it. Uh, copy and paste the link. YouTube doesn't like having a live link that you could hop out of here and go to. Copy it, put it up there, and uh, and go ahead and, and subscribe. We appreciate it. So let's get into this. What a wild ride for Notre Dame football getting into this by where we're at now. Uh, you had the beginning part of the year where everything was good. Everything was great. You were playing nobodies. The offense looked like it was a, a real offense. And uh, you're blowing people out. You're scoring 40 points. And then reality hit. And the last month has been an up and down roller coaster struggle with a lot to like. And a lot of reasons to have depression. Like, I, we're all over the map. Let's look at. Five takeaways, things I've learned of Notre Dame as we enter this first buy. None of these are rocket science. You don't got to be a genius to put my list together. However, 
that doesn't mean it's not important. Like these are not novel ideas, but it is really important to just officially document where you're at. So that's what we're going to do. Here's number one. These are not in order. They're just the five that came to my brain. Notre Dame's overall speed and athleticism. Here's number one. Notre Dame's speed and athleticism are improving overall, and that is clear. That being said, they are not a finished product. Notre Dame does belong on the same field with Ohio State's athletes and USC's athletes. They can hold up there physically, speed-wise, athletic-wise. Okay, they can hang there. You couldn't always say that before. In the not-so-recent past, you couldn't say that before. More work needs to be done, but you could see this roster changing and for the better. And I think that is an overall big-picture plus. Number two. The defense is not perfect, but they are yet again the strength in the engine driving this football program and team. They are a strength, okay? Again, they are not perfect, but compared to the offense, they're the strength in the backbone of the team, even with their imperfect selves. The tackling's been looser than I wanted for a lot of these games. They still do not have what I want on the edge. I want two killers coming off the edge, bombarding that quarterback. Guys that require a, a chip and extra tech coming off each and every play. We don't have that. Now, you get flashes of it. I'm saying consistently. Game wreckers. Not like you get a flash here or there and you're surprised to see it. No. I want a guy coming off each edge that the opposing team has to scheme out of the game. Account for in their blocking scheme with extra attention. Notre Dame's not there yet. Okay, so that's an area on the defense. Even while I say they are the clear strength and backbone, we need to get more out of that. Okay, so they're not a, a, a finished product. They're not perfect, but they're still the strength of the team. Um Secondary deserves a lot of credit. Mike Mickens deserves a lot of credit. They've been fantastic. That's not something you can usually say about Notre Dame. And it's a really good job. You need to make sure whatever happens with Al Golden, whether he stays or goes to the NFL or gets offered a college job. Bro, I don't know if Al Golden wants all the problems that come with being a, a head coach again in his life. Does he have the energy to want to recruit and deal with all the BS a head coach has to deal with? A part of me thinks he might be past that phase of wanting to do that in his life as a head guy. So whether he leaves and retires or comes back or wants to do an NFL thing or whatever, Mike Mickens is doing a really good job. You got to make sure he doesn't leave. That's the next part of this. Like, I don't know if Mickens is ready to become the DC. If Al Golda leaves, that's a good plan to keep your guy in the building that's done such a great job recruiting and developing that secondary after what he inherited there. Like, 
I you got to keep that guy around. So I don't know how this is all going to work out. But Mickens deserves credit. You got to keep him in the building. And if you don't, somebody's going to pay him to be a first time DC and you're going to lose him in the near future. That's what's going to happen. He is Freeman's road dog. Probably wants to stay with him. So this is all in flux, depending on what Golden decides to do after this year. Uh, so that's number two. The defense ain't perfect, but they're the backbone. Number three, Sam Hartman is not Jesus. This is not a situation where Hartman comes in here and instantly everything's better throughout the whole year with no drop-off. And you can throw it all over, no problems and all that. You have learned Hartman is not he can't do it alone. You can argue some of his limitations or whatever, but there's a lot involved with this. It isn't that this doesn't mean it's on him. It just means we've learned he can't do it all alone. And that's not just an instant fix all for the offense to look electric. You've learned that. That leads me into number four. Notre Dame's offense is not good at football. Notre Dame's offense is, it, it's just not good at playing offensive football. And there's a lot of reasons. That's the most frustrating part of me saying the offense isn't good overall is when you ask why, how much time you got, buddy? Like, seriously, how much time do you have? That's the biggest problem to me is there's a whole bunch of problems making that offense not be good enough. The O-line is up and down and has issues and I can't trust them. And you rush the ball for 44 yards against the mighty Louisville defense that lost to Pitt and got blown out. I mean, it, didn't, it wasn't even close the next week when they played Pitt. So spare me O-line you. You don't get to be O-line you and rush the ball for 44 yards against, against Louisville. You're embarrassing yourself. Don't ever say that again. That, that it can't be real that you're O-line you and you rush her for 44 against Louisville. No. The O-line has concerns. The wide receiver room is still a mess with depth and injuries and production and everything else. Everybody's excited about a walk-on uh, on the lacrosse team. Like, that's where we're at. Nowhere near the real world. Like, you can't even see functioning wide receiver room from where this one's at. No. Then you have all the problems with the scheme and the coaching and what they're drawing up and not drawing up and running into heavy boxes for no reason. Like not, it, the offense is not good enough. There's problems with almost every level of it. Scheme, blocking it up, throwing the ball. There's problems all over the place. So you learn that offense is nowhere near good enough. And it's not as good as you hoped it would be with Hartman there. And number five, Freeman still has a lot to learn. Freeman still has a lot to learn. And that is the downside of being a first-time coach, learning on the job at a place as public as Notre Dame and the bright lights the way Notre Dame is, with people who have no patience for any loss the way I don't. So, He's got a lot to learn, and we've seen the downside of that. The Ohio State ending, the last two possessions, one on offense, one on defense, coaching mistakes out the wazoo. 
that's objective. That's not my opinion. There are coaching mistakes made both ways. And then you totally no-showed against Louisville. And that's a big issue. And you couldn't afford it. Now, he's still got a lot to learn to navigate all this. But on the high side, you're seeing those flashes as well. So it isn't just he's learning, he's learning, and then down the road, maybe we'll see the, the high end of it. I want to remind you guys, Freeman has two top 10 home wins against undefeated brand name, high quality programs in the last year and a half. Brian Kelly had two of these wins in 12 years total. I'm going to repeat that again. Freeman has two top 10 wins at home against undefeated brand name, high quality level opponent programs in one and a half years. The same amount Kelly had in 12 years. You could see the flashes of this on the high side. There's just not consistency yet. The program isn't there yet over the top where you can rely on it. So there are those downsides and the things you worry about. But on the plus side, you have these wins where it isn't just a field goal at the end and you win and you're happy. Both of these top 10 wins have been ass kickings where Notre Dame took care of business and embarrassed undefeated teams under the bright lights in prime time. He's got two of them already. That is super encouraging of what the high end of this could be. But the consistency is a problem and Freeman's finding his level there of how to operate through all that. He is going to have some big picture questions and decisions to make after this year. After the bye, there's no way this offense is going to go score 45 a game and throw it all over. That ain't in the cards this year. What the hell are we doing at offense coordinator after this year? What do you do? This is your buddy. This is this is Parker, your buddy. Do you tell him, go be the best tight end coach in America, make 800 grand a year and go be the best at that. I'm getting so, somebody else in here to get our offense more modern, creative, efficient, effective, whatever. Or does he double down on Parker? I mean, I'm open to seeing the rest of these games to see what it looks like after the bye. But personnel alone dictates you're still going to have some struggles here. So Freeman's learning and you're seeing the low end, but you're also getting some of the high end and that's nice. Um, but there are big decisions Freeman's going to have. You got to remember all those relationships, tricky to navigate. They're your friends, this and that. I get all that. But at the end of the day, this is Marcus Freeman's reputation as head coach on the line. And he is going to have to maybe hurt some feelings and tell his friends some disappointing news. He's got to look out for his coaching reputation before those friendships. That's the business. All these guys need to understand that. So Freeman's learning in a very, very public way how to navigate all this stuff. So that's kind of where we're at, you guys. What I've learned, number one, the speed and athleticism overall are improving. They're not there yet, though. Defense, not perfect, still the strength of the team. Hartman isn't Jesus, didn't come in here, could just fix everything and make it all look better. Uh, the offense overall is, to say it's a work in progress is an insult to progress. 
Uh, and number five, Freeman's got a lot to learn, but you're seeing a lot on the low end and a lot on the high end that, that you didn't have on the menu before on the high end. You didn't have on the high end menu Notre Dame blowing out undefeated brand name programs. That was not on the menu under Kelly. You were begging just to not get blown out and maybe win a close one. These type of performances, <clears throat> excuse me, Clemson last year, and then the one we just saw against USC, that indicates there's a different level available here. So Freeman's fighting through it, trying to find his level. That's what I see. What do you guys see? Do you agree with me on these bullet points? Do you disagree with me? Where do you think Notre Dame could get sharper off the buy with any of these things? Let me know. See you.